0: I hope this thing works okay, (laughs) and I hope I'm loud enough. My name's Kathy, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Kathy. My sobriety date is 4-6-1980. And if I don't drink this year, in a few years, I'll have 40 years. And that blows me away, because when I first got here, I couldn't comprehend somebody getting a week. (laughs) Um, Much less, you know, I I remember one of my first meetings, somebody picked up a 10-year chip. And I thought, she's lying. (laughs) Nobody can stay sober for 10 years. Um, But, you know, now I realize that they can if they work this program, work the steps. Uh, I grew up in Massachusetts, and um, I hated living there. I hated the weather. I was always catching colds, and, you know, the weather there is horrible. And I remember as a young kid, (coughs) I had a lot of panic attacks. And I didn't know what they were. And they scared me to death. My heart would start beating fast. I couldn't catch my breath. And I remember doing things like walking to a football game and turning around and running back home because one of these things had hit me. You know, and when I heard that, um, when I read the the story, The Man Who Mastered Fear, I thought, oh my God, he's just like me because he used to do the same thing. So I thought, hey, I'm not the unique and the only one that this happened to. And I found that a lot of us suffer from anxiety, depression, which was another part of my story also. Um, Anyway, when I was 18, uh, I was I started college and I started frat parties and I started drinking and you know I grew up in a, a strict Catholic you know back in the 50s where I went to Catholic school with the nuns when they had these you didn't know that they had hair because you never saw it and they had these these long black things they look we call them penguins and they had these big beads and they'd smack us with them you know. And I had a lot of resentment against the Catholic Church. I've done many, many inventories, you know, (laughs) over that. I finally get to a a place where, you know, take what you you need and leave the rest, because I actually, there are, you know, some good stuff I got out of it. Anyway, uh, when I started drinking, the first time I drank, I had a blackout. And I remember little parts of the night, but... I remember my friends taking me down to <clears throat> to Dunkin' Donuts and get me a cup of coffee, and I just threw it in the bushes and said, let's go back to the party. And that's just the way I lived my life early on. And, you know, I did all the things that us alcoholic women do, you know, the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. You know, I've gotten thrown out of bars by by the bartender because I threw a cup of coffee in his face because he wouldn't serve me anymore and he threw me out into the uh, into the dirt and I remember tasting dirt and going oh my god I'm like my mother, I'm a fallen down drunk. so I never wanted to be that. I always wanted to be able to control and enjoy my drinking. But if I was controlling it, I wasn't enjoying it. If, if I was enjoying it, I wasn't controlling it. And um, I pretty quickly uh, turned into a daily drinker, and um, I only drank for 10 and a half years, but boy, in that 10 and a half years, I fit a lot of crap in. You know, I've been beaten to a pulp by guys, I've, you know, gotten pregnant and not had the baby, we all know what that means. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've done all kinds of things that... You know, I would never even consider doing now. But I'm grateful for my story because had I not had every, every single drink that I had, I never would have gotten here. Uh, what it came to was I took a geographic. I said, I'm getting out of Massachusetts. I'm going to California. There's so much more stuff to do there, I won't have to drink so much. That was my plan. <clears throat> so me and a couple of my friends, we packed up, we packed up two cars and we drove out. And, um, you know, at this, this time in my life, I carried a bottle around in my purse from the very first time I started drinking. Because I thought, if this, this is my medication, you know, I need this stuff. And I would take it with me, just in case I had a panic attack, you know? And then I was just drinking it because I was drinking it, because, you know, I loved the effect. And um, so I came out to California, and uh, I was out here a year, and then got sober. But that last year was, I got fired, for my job, the first time. Um, I, I thought I had so much stuff to do out here in California, I ended up sitting in my room drinking Ernest and Julio by the gallon, <clears throat> you know, because it was cheap. And uh, finally my parents sent me home for Christmas. They, they sent me a plane ticket to go home in 1979. And I, um, I went home. And I was in a blackout the whole two weeks I was there, and I ended up in a nut ward, strapped down, <laughs> like Jack Lemmon in a Days of Wine and Roses. I know a lot of you kids don't know that movie, but <laughs> it's a old, old, golden oldie. Um, and I was seeing things that weren't there. And I was 29 years old. 20? 20, was 28 years old. 28. And uh, did I stay sober at that point? Not really. Um, I had smoked weed because, don't you know, I have panic attacks. I can't just like go cold turkey. So they medically detoxed me, and I was petrified because I, I thought once I walk out of this place, I'm gonna drink. That's what I do. And so my friend, she got me, you know, a bunch of pot. And said, "Hey, you're cool. You know, back in those days, you could smoke a joint in the bathroom, get on the plane, and you know, they didn't have all those TSA crap and all that stuff." And you know. And, you know, I, I would just sleep on the plane. I thought, hey, I got back here. Hey, I didn't have to drink on the plane. Maybe I'm not an alcoholic. Well, yeah, I am. You know, um, I ended up, you know, coming to this program, and it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me because I kind of want to, I don't have too much time, so I want to fit in. Recovery, <clears throat> I'll tell you some of the good things that have happened to me since I've been sober. The first year was hell. I wanted to drink every effing day, you know. I wanted to drink all the time, but I didn't. I just kept going to meetings and going to meetings and going to meetings. And at this time I was living in Garden Grove. The first 38 years of my sobriety were in Garden Grove. And I lived at that club and uh, all the old guys, back then you could smoke in the clubs and in the meetings and all the old guys would, uh, you know, oh come and sit by me honey, you know, he's this little 28 year old, come and sit by me. But you know what, thank God for those old guys because they kept me staying at that club. Uh, You know, um, like I said I was smoking weed for a while, I did that for three months. They told me, don't go where it's served. Don't uh, hang around with your drinking friends. Don't keep it in the house, don't, you know, all these things. And I did everything that they told me not to do. And I was going in bars and smoking weed in the bathroom. I was doing, you know, hanging with my drinking friends. And I was pissed off because I couldn't drink, because that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, that's uh, at one, one day, uh, I went to a wedding. I wasn't planning on drinking. And somebody said, where's your champagne? And I said, oh, it's in the other room. And they brought me a glass of champagne. And he stood there and looked at me, and I just downed it. That was my last drink. That was April 6, 1980. But let me tell you, now comes the suicide attempts. Because you know what? I can't drink, and I can't smoke weed. And what the hell am I going to do? Because I have these panic attacks. And now they're even worse. And I, now I'm depressed. So that, add that on. <clears throat> so I decided I would um, kill myself. I was going to asphyxiate myself in my garage. So, I was on my way up to the liquor store, and I was pulling in right there on Brookhurst and Lampson, Pat's Liquor, pulling in, and a car sped by me and almost hit me by about two inches. And I turned around to do one of these, and I saw on the back of his bumper, it said, Easy Does It. And I said, that's an AA thing. I've been going to meetings, you know. And I followed him to a meeting. And I'm telling you, I walked in that room. It was all guys, one lady and me. And I said... I'm an alcoholic, you know, and this is what I've been doing. And thank God I haven't had to have a drink or a drug from that day on. Not something that was prescribed for, you know, when I'm sick, but not nothing that messes with my head. And you know, through this program, um, I've been allowed to have two children. I have two sons. One is 34, and one is going to be 33 next week. They've never seen their mother and father drink because I met my husband in this program also. He was 15 months, I was four years. Um, I told him the first year we were dating, no emotional involvement in the first year, so he didn't even kiss me. He was too scared to. you know I said I'd been there and done that with with um, other guys and they drank and I didn't so. You know, I've been allowed to, I've gone through so many things that I would have drank over. I've been through the death of both of my parents. My brother, my sister just passed away six months ago. I've been through my 13 month old son having a near drowning accident. I've been through uh, so many things. My sponsor dying, you know, reading the eulogy at her funeral, (laughs) getting up there and, you know, being worried I'm gonna have a panic attack. You know what? Funny thing, I don't have panic attacks anymore. Funny thing, I'm not depressed anymore. You know, I've worked those steps, and those steps work if you work them. You know, I'm very, very grateful to this program. And I'm grateful to my friend Didi for asking me to to share tonight. I've known her for a long time. I knew when she was drinking, and I knew her sober. And I like her sober a whole lot better. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody. I'm glad you were here tonight.